Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, episode 87. Today, I'm sharing what my biggest takeaways from 2020 are. Part of my annual planning process is reflecting on the past year, and so that's what I'm doing today with you. I'm going to reflect on 2020 so I can identify what I learned this year and how I can carry that into 2021, which I think we're all hoping will be a bit more of a normal year, right? I'm hoping that these seven lessons I learned in 2020 will serve me well in 2021 and that they'll encourage you as we flip the calendar to a new month and a new year. All right, you ready? Let's do it. I'm Jessica Zimmerman, and this is Zimmerman Podcast. I'm a serial entrepreneur, mom to three, and professional oversharer who has spent a decade building my business and helping others do the same. From wedding floral design to business education, features in Martha Stewart Weddings and Forbes magazine, and even writing and publishing my best-selling memoir, Sleeping with a Stranger, my business has kept growing, evolving, and changing year after year, just like me. Because the best thing about building a strong business is the freedom it gives me to live a full life. And that's what Zimmerman Podcast is all about, sharing real, transparent, in-the-moment reflections about how to live a life, build a business, and lead a family through the good, the hard, and the messy. That's what we're doing each week, right here on Zimmerman Podcast. Welcome to the show. Well, Zimmerman listeners, I know I'm not alone when I say that 2020 looked nothing like I thought it would. I expected to spend the year promoting my book, Sleeping with a Stranger, going from city to city on my book tour, doing some really exciting speaking engagements, and none of that happened. So today I'm sharing what I learned in a year that looked so incredibly different from what I'd hoped. Number one. What we resist persists. Sometimes we hold things with tightly closed fists because we want them so badly. Guys, when I wrote Sleeping with a Stranger, I was so ready to go out there and promote it. While I can't tell you everything, I will tell you that we had a full-on publicity tour scheduled and ready to go. I'm talking major Uh, network television guest spots where I was going to get to really share all about this book. And then I was going to go on a book tour. And I really, truly believed that that book is what was going to support me financially in 2020. And I wanted those things to happen just as I had planned for them to happen so badly. So the book tour fell apart. We could no longer travel because of COVID. PR things that were promised completely fell apart because of COVID. Another thing that happened that, again, when we resi- what we resist persists is I really believed that I would always keep my downtown building. I had a 6,000 square foot downtown building and I just thought I would keep that forever and that that would get paid off. I'd rent it out and that would become almost like my retirement one day and or or contributing to it. I just thought it would be a really great investment. And I held on to that for a long, long time. I finally let go of it this year. What I realized this year is that by holding on to that building, I was never going to go anywhere further than where I was. 
and I resisted selling it because I thought, basically I resisted selling it out of fear. I thought that that was the big investment that was going to really pay off for me in the future. And I realized that sometimes we have to let go of things in order to move forward to become the the person that I'm meant to be or the thing that I'm supposed to do next. I remember one day talking on the phone with my best friend, Lindsay, and I was so frustrated about how the book tour had fallen apart and how all the PR stuff had fallen apart because let me just remind you, you know, I had not only had written this book, but I had self-published it. So I had completely funded this project and the book tour and the PR opportunities were a way for me to make that money back. And so now I'm looking at this going, well, I have no idea when I'm going to make that money back. Not only that, I have no idea how I'm going to financially earn a living this year at all. And so I remember talking to Lindsay about this and she said, you know, I just want you to remember to hold on to things loosely. And it was such a good piece of advice because I think we all get in in a position or have a feeling where we think this is the only way that this outcome can happen. The only way that I can be financially okay in 2020 is if I go on this book tour and if I get to promote my book and I sell my book. That's really what I thought. And even though I know, you know, I intellectually know that there's other ways that I could bring in money, this was my plan for the year. And I don't know if you know this yet about me or not, but um, I don't really like it when things don't go according to plan. And I'm sure I'm not always alone in that department. And that was such a good piece of advice. Just remember to hold on to things loosely, because when we hold on to things loosely, we give an opportunity for things to happen in more than one way, which I think is really interesting. And the truth is, is there isn't just one way to achieve what you're working toward. I wrote my book and released it literally as everything shut down. My trips to New York and Los Angeles kept getting postponed and postponed. I thought there was only one way for my book to be a success, and I held onto it with white knuckles. I was resisting adapting to a new plan, and I kept running into roadblock after roadblock. The truth is we don't have control over any of this, even outside of COVID. We need to hold our plans with open hands. We've had such a fun year creating content every week that it really is connecting and helping people. And I wouldn't have ended up here if I'd kept trying to steamroll through a press tour. There is good waiting on the other side of change too. Even if we wish the change wasn't happening, and even if it comes unexpectedly at the end of a ton of hard work. Also, it's okay to mourn the change and then release control and be open to what comes next. Number two, it's okay to rest. I've always, okay, not always, but the past few years, I've known that rest is really important. Self-care is super important to me. If I am not getting enough sleep, if I'm not working out every day, moving my body in some way and spending time um, meditating and and connecting to my spiritual side, then I know that I'm not the best version of me. But 
it's okay to rest for more than an afternoon or a weekend getaway with a friend. It's okay to have an entire season of rest. You don't have to make up for rest by overworking after you rest. You don't have to earn rest. You deserve rest just by existing. Do the fields in winter have to justify their rest? No, they demand it because it's how they're made. They're made to work and rest and grow and produce in seasons. I learned that when plans change and I don't know what to do next, sometimes it's best to do nothing. The next steps will reveal themselves through rest and through being still. Sleeping with a Stranger is officially available everywhere books are sold in hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Since the book's launch, I've been amazed by how it's been received. From being named a bestseller by USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble, to incredibly personal and touching reviews from my amazing readers, it's been such a wild journey. Here's one of my favorite reviews. I got the book in the mail today and finished it before going to bed. It's not that it was an easy read, it's just that I could not put it down. There were so many truth bombs that I could resonate with in my own life, but I will have to skim back through a second time to highlight them since I couldn't stop long enough to do so the first time. I don't remember the last time, if ever, I have wanted to read an entire book in one day, but this one I did. I can't wait to share this story with you. To get your copy, go to jessicazimmerman.com today or wherever books are sold. And to make sure you get all my upcoming book tour updates, join the newsletter list now. Number three, creating is valuable regardless of anyone's response. I've been learning to do it for the process and create just for the joy of creating. The book didn't have a huge press tour, but I'm still so glad I wrote it. I needed to create it for its own sake. I've been blogging five days a week because I decided that I wanted to share more, aside from just business stuff. It's been showing me that creating is inherently valuable, regardless of what kind of response that creation gets. The new content I'm making is more personal, which sometimes means losing followers, but it's also looked like more connection. People are engaging more. I've been getting out of my own way and realizing that people want to hear more from me than just business advice. Creating daily content also showed me the whole production process. It's more than just jotting down some thoughts and pushing publish. We need graphics and editing, and it took time to create a sustainable routine that works. And honestly, without figuring that system out, that routine, I don't know if we would have been ready to begin our next adventure, traveling in an Airstream and vlogging about it. That's an even more complicated process, and it's been much easier to figure out now that we've streamlined the blogging process. And I definitely would not be traveling the country in an Airstream right now if I was on a book tour. Number four, you really can manifest your dreams. Sometimes I think people assume manifestation means you just wish really hard for what you want and then you don't have to do any work. And that's not true. But what I do know is that the life I'm living today is something I've been actively manifesting, working toward, and been open to for years. 
travel in an Airstream has been at the top of my vision board for a few years now. I've been actively working toward a life where it would be possible to full-time travel. And when all our plans got derailed for 2020, it became clear that now was the time. If I hadn't already acknowledged that that was a goal, I don't know if I would have been open to it. Number five, gratitude is so powerful. Simple, super simple gratitude is huge. And again, this can exist with true sadness for things we've lost or expectations that have been disappointed. But wow, it is powerful to be grateful each day for arms to hug my kids, legs that can walk in new cities each week, and eyes that can see sunsets all over the country. In all the years I've been showing up online, teaching business education webinars, or sharing about my life in Instagram stories, there's one question I get more than any other. What kind of skincare do you use? For years, I had a pretty disappointing answer, a bar of soap. But as I started prioritizing my own wellness and stopped feeling guilty for investing time and taking care of myself physically, mentally, and emotionally, I knew I needed to up my skincare game. Enter Leah Black Skincare. While I love literally every Leah Black skincare product I've tried, my favorite by far is the CBD Soothing Eye Cream, which can make me look rested and energized even after late nights up with the kids or prepping for a new course launch. I'm convinced that the CBD-infused cream makes my eyes look bright and smooth, and I swear it even makes me feel more awake. Whether I'm hitting the road with my family, preparing for a day of Zoom meetings, or getting a full face of makeup on to do some book press, I'm so thankful to be using products that really work. If you want to try some Leah Black products like her soothing CBD eye cream, go to leahblack.com and use code JESS40 for 40% off. That's J-E-S-S-4-0 at L-E-A-B-L-A-C-K dot com. Number six, there is everyday magic in rituals. You can make anything a ceremony by figuring out what's important and making space for it. I read my Bible every morning and I could just roll out of bed and get started, or I could light a candle or diffuse an essential oil, take a deep breath, sit in a cozy sweater, and make this thing that I do every day something I look forward to, something that feels really special. I'm not designing flowers right now, but I still believe in the power of design to engage all the five senses, not just sight, and make experiences and daily rituals feel purposeful and engaging. And invoking design throughout the day helps transition from ritual to ritual. It creates a simple, but rich life. And finally, number seven, silence is loud. So many times, privately and publicly, where I've seen people who are hurting feel seen and supported when their friends speak up and out on their behalf. And just as many times when I've seen friends feel hurt and ignored when there's an opportunity to say something and people are silent. I've learned that speaking up about the things I care about might turn some people away, but standing with people you care about 
is always, always worth it. And often speaking up around a dinner table is more powerful and more difficult than posting something on the internet. I hope that this reflection helps you glean whatever good you can from what you experienced in 2020. Thanks for tuning in this week, Zimmerman listeners. So many of you have been asking if I'm continuing to release podcast episodes while we're on the road in our Airstream. The answer is yes. You'll still get weekly episodes from me right here on Zimmerman Podcast. And if you'd like to follow along on our travels, go to the link in the show notes and subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our weekly travel vlogs and updates. I'll see you right back here next week on Zimmerman Podcast.